Hey everybody, Larry Lawton here for another important video on policing. Uh, we all know what's going around the country. You have to be uh, in a cave somewhere to not understand what's going actually around the world. And that shows a lot, and I think that uh, highlights a lot. Well, what we're going to do is a little bit different today. Uh, yes, listen to me. George Floyd's funeral this week was massive, as it should be. And it's all about showing what's wrong with policing. And believe me, there's a lot of good in policing. Everybody knows I support good policing, but I don't support bad policing. And uh, even another incident got me outraged. And here's what got me outraged. Uh, there was an incident in Buffalo, New York this week where a cop pushed a, an older gentleman, 75 years old, who looked like he was just talking to the cop and he pushed him. However, whatever the incident happened, what really got me uh, disturbed is I saw the video of the guy bleeding out of the back of his head and all of these cops are walking by him. That really is what got me. I didn't get that part of it. That, that I mean, uh, listen, I, I, I've seen a lot of things in my life and uh, that to me is wrong. Again, where is the help aspect of policing? Help the community. Us against them doesn't work, everybody. It doesn't work. Police chiefs, if you're out there, if you're listening, us against them doesn't work. Don't give it lip service. Be all about it. Well, I'll tell you what we did. You know, this week has been a, a tumultuous week, uh, and uh, I, I want to keep on this subject because our action crew is growing by the thousands by the day. By the thousands by the day. I'm so proud of all my followers and all the people who follow this channel to join Larry Lawton's action crew because we're going to start making differences in a way that you have no idea. We're going to uh, uh, go for policy changes, get the people out of office who don't belong there, uh, get to the police chiefs who don't belong where they're at, and, and look into their departments, do a lot of things. We're going to do what the citizens are supposed to do. And on that note, I'll tell you what, I was kind of impressed, and uh, I ended up going to interview my police chief right where I live. Everybody asks, Hey, Larry, how is it where you live? You know, how is your police department? And I really never touched on it too much. So what I decided to do was actually go to the police chief and ask for an interview, and he obliged. I told him there was to be no hit job. I'm not out to get him. I want answers. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what you're doing as a police chief, good and bad. And we did have our conversations. Me and the chief police in this community, his name is Nelson Moyer. We're both from New York. Listen, he's a good guy. I like that. I don't get along with him on everything, or I, I don't agree with him on everything, but I never felt that he wouldn't talk to me. I never felt that his second-in-command uh, wouldn't talk to me. I mean, obviously, what's said behind the, the scenes, who knows? They know, and I hope they know, that I'm all about positive people and positive policing and helping the community. I, I've been like that since I got out of the joint in 2007. But with that said... You're going to hear about uh, how, what the police chief says on some of the things right here and the questions I did. The police chief in Palm Bay was honest, open, and you're hearing his answers right now. Listen to his answer right now on how to contact somebody if you have an incident with a police chief and maybe you're too scared. Because in Palm Bay, they don't have a citizen's review board. A lot of small towns can't have that. It gets too tight, so to speak, and then who's on the board and not. There's good and bad to that. Most big cities do have it, and I agree with it 
largely with the big cities. But with the small cities, listen to what the chief said, and then I'll comment. In our agency, uh, our complaint intake process is uh, diverse, meaning any citizen uh, can call our police department, our, our either non-emergency or even emergency if they feel it has reached that level. Uh, and our uh, employees and our staff are trained to intake that complaint, document it, and then funnel it to our internal affairs office, which will then make a determination after consulting with my office as to what level of investigation will subsequently follow that complaint. So in this agency, we not only take um, complaints that are identified where the complainant uh, leaves his, his or her name, uh, but also anonymous complaints are also investigated. Uh, because anonymous complaints may be just that. A person doesn't feel comfortable in leaving their information, but the complaint still needs to be vetted to see whether our processes and our procedures are being followed. If a person uh, still does not feel comfortable even engaging in that level, by all means use a median, meaning uh, and talk to a trusted source, a community leader, a civic leader, a, a elected official, somebody who they feel will bring their interests forward so that we as an organization can pursue. I like what the chief said. Uh, I think that was important. I think it's important that people in the communities know they can go to a community leader. In this community, if somebody has an issue, they can come to me and I will contact the chief. And again, I think he will contact me back or I usually probably wouldn't bother the chief. I would get to the assistant chief who's a very good guy too. And I, I think that's important. I think you should have a way to contact. I understand a lot of you guys out there don't trust the police, please. And especially in, in communities of color, I totally get that. I understand that very much. And and I, But that doesn't mean you're going to accept something. And I always employ you to keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. But call somebody afterwards. You call me afterwards. You call a, a community leader here. You call a, a pastor or a church leader like the chief said. You call one of the people in that, your community that you trust. And at least in this community, I know you'll get an answer. Whether we like it or not, and again, here's the next topic, and we discussed body cams, and obviously everybody in this channel knows I'm a big supporter of body cams, and the reason I'm a supporter of body cams, and as I tell police chiefs all around the country, it's not only to protect the citizen, but I even think it protects good cops. I think all cops should want body cams, I, I, and I gave this scenario. This is the scenario. What happens if a cop shoots a guy at two in the morning? Two kids are out there. One kid pulls a gun on the cop and is about to shoot him. The cop get, shoots him first. The kid falls down. The gun slides under the car. The other kid picks up that gun and runs away. Now you have a dead kid, no gun, and it's the cop's word against nobody's word. Who's the community going to believe? You know, it's going to be an outrage. And I understand the outrage. I really do with all that's going on. So if I was a cop, and I am an honorary cop, but if I am a police officer, active duty, working today, I personally wouldn't work in a police department that didn't have body cams. Because body cams protect good cops. Body cams protect the good guy. If the cops are good, they should have no problem with a body cam. That's my opinion. And here's what the chief said. Body cameras is a relatively uh, new technology that has emerged over the last 10 years. Uh, in this and any community, we assess the use of new technology based on the needs of our community. Now, in this community, uh, we assess that 
based on what level of complaints we may be seeing, what pattern of alleged behaviors or confirmed behaviors we have seen through our investigative processes and our policies and our delivery of our policies. And we have not seen um, any uh, patterns that uh, scream to me of any one issue that I need to go capture on video live. Now, the benefits, the benefits of uh, body cameras obviously are twofold. Number one, it serves as an accountability tool, not only internally, but also externally, meaning it, it, uh, there, there's no lying what a video shows, and I, and I get that. Um, so it would serve as a tool uh, to uh, interpret and make decisions based on officer behavior, a citizen's behavior, and what led to acts of policing and encounters. So I understand the value. The power of video speaks for itself. Now, as we continue to assess this technology, we, we do have to consider things that uh, are logistically have to be done behind the scenes. Uh, the redacting of video is, is key here because you uh, cannot identify victims of crime. Uh, our officers that would go to calls would be expected to have that raw footage that then has to be uh, evaluated and victims and, and, and uninvolved citizens have to be redacted from that. So there are some logistical concerns uh, that we have to uh, recognize. Um, but other, other departments do it. I yeah. mean, it's, it, and it seems to be working uh, quite well, and especially larger departments or even mid-sized departments because there's no, there's no, you can't lie, like you said, there's a video. That is, that is correct. That is uh, an ongoing assessment of technology that we're, what is your we're currently doing. Do you want them or not? Uh, early on, I was on the fence, and a lot of it uh, was based on uh, what my communities tell me. So in, in this community, I have forged solid relationships with many of our civic leaders, uh, many of our schools, uh, anybody that defines what community is. And I've, I've never uh, had an overwhelming uh, narrative from our community that there is a, such a level of distrust that only video would then uh, level that off. I've never had that. In fact, I've had the opposite, but I'm not close to the idea of body cameras. It's just a technology that I have to continue to assess and at some point in the near future make a decision on. Well, I got an answer. That's all I could say about that, right, wrong. And what I did say, and I, I will say it right here, is after I filmed this, the chief said he's really putting it on their, on their list to look at things to do, and, and I believe him. I don't think he just blew me off, and I hope he didn't, and I'm going to follow up on him. I'm going to follow up uh, with the chief on this, and I will keep everybody posted on that. You know, another thing, obviously, and the chief and I discussed the brutality of the, of the George Floyd, and any cop, listen to me, any human being has to understand what was done to that man. You know, it's disgusting. You don't lose your life over a car accident or... I hate even to say this, on a, on a robbery gone bad, and you were a victim of it, and, and please don't ever think. That's why I never used a gun. But anyway, that is different than a person of authority killing you. Literally, a person of authority killing you. Because that's what he did. He literally killed that man. And that's a problem, and we all know that. And, you know, every police officer I know, everyone, are outraged. My chief in St. Louis, Lake St. Louis, my chief, Chief uh, Di Giuseppe, he is outraged and he's got the morals and values that I respect every day. 
and he is outraged, uh, as most chiefs are, and uh, they, they can't fathom, because what he told me is, that guy put a stain on our profession. That I, meaning the chief, took an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States citizens they serve. And that's exactly the opposite what that guy did. Opposite. Opposite. So he don't represent police. And most cops believe that. I know that. Uh, and I think what hopefully can come out of this is, hey, listen to me. And I want you to hear what our chief said about this. Our chief talked about policing in general and hear what he had to say. It's uh, absolutely difficult to watch. So typically you see police chiefs that are reserved in judging others' actions. Why? Because you rarely see the entire picture. So as police chiefs, we know that there's always several sides to the story. So we, by nature, are reserved in our opinion. For me, this incident, overshadows that process because what I have seen, what I would consider any reasonable person, whether a police officer or a civilian, paints a picture of something that was wrong, paints a picture of what does not represent what policing in America should be. It violates every aspect of not only community engagement and trust, but our core values and our constitution and the very thing that we are empowered to represent. As a constitutional officer, I tell you that it troubles me greatly. In fact, I will tell you that in watching that video with my staff, I had a hard time finishing watching the video. Why? Because it created a great deal of anxiety in watching every second of every minute go by with that act continue to happen. And what even troubled me more is that in those eight minutes and change, that others that are also charged with the responsibility of stopping a crime lacked the courage to do so. And that troubled me even greater. I, everybody here knows what I believe about community policing. And I think it's the number one tool a police department has. In fact, it's been proven to be so much more effective than anything else because we cannot run cities with us against them. It can't be done. It cannot be done. I, I don't even want to talk about anything else. And as I, I talk to the chief, I understand SWAT teams and the necessity and all that garbage. But to be honest, the community wants to see the police on the ground. And I discussed uh, the website and the communications, the way a police department actually does stuff for community policing. And listen to what my chief had to say. Community policing in its inception, in terms of a concept, it, it talked about uh, communities and police agencies interacting and engaging. Well, that has evolved. And I know you and I have had offline discussions about what community policing as a philosophy is and should be in an entire police organization. Here in Palm Bay, this is how we do it. We have come to accept that community policing and community engagement is one of our three principles that we practice in this organization. We know that without it, we cannot do our core function, which is what? Public safety, fighting crime, holding those accountable that victimize our community, we cannot do any of that without community policing. 
without engaging, without interacting, without connecting. And we can't do that without police officers that we trust to deliver that service. So community policing is a philosophy that should be integrated at every level of the organization, not, not just a patrol officer in, on a beat on midnight shift. It also applies to a secretary answering my phones because what she delivers at that moment is equally as important to that citizen and how we interact as a community. From there, there are many platforms to deliver our message. So community policing today involves not only the day-to-day -day business of policing, but also the minute-to-minute -minute engagements of our community. And how we do our business is how we define the quality of policing, community policing that we deliver here in this community. As you can tell, he is for community policing. And again, let me, let me give the, the, this out here, and this is very important I wanna tell. I don't think I was getting lip service to. Trust me, I've been around for a while. All you guys know me. I say it like it is. I don't care who you are, what profession, what politician. I could care less. We all put our pants on the same way. I don't, I don't think, I, I respect everybody, whether you're a 14 year old kid or a 65 year old man or 80 year old man, I respect you. Please respect me. That's how I look at it. If you disrespect me, I'm gonna disrespect you. We can agree to disagree. We can have different views. That's what America makes America great. But we have to be civil and respect each other on your views. And I, I gave them suggestions I hope they take, but I can only do so much. But this is my community. And I was proactive in my community to get answers for things that I believe in. And I think everybody should be. And here's what we're gonna do. I told the chief, you know, I have an 87-year-old mother, 87 years old, and I am not kidding you, everybody. She's never said a curse word. She, you know what she says to me when I go and to meet a police chief or police? Be careful. She don't trust the police. This is my mother. Does not trust the police. Never broke a law in her life, and I mean that. That's sad. And I implore the police chiefs to get out there and, and, and show that there's an 87-year-old woman who shouldn't... Uh, be in fear of the police. Those trust issues hurt all of policing. We know that. So with that said, I want everybody to keep joining. We, you know, it's amazing how many people are joining the Larry Lawton Action Crew. Uh, and the emails I'm getting are off the charts. I'm telling you, thank you very much. Everybody's doing it and it's more to come. And we are gonna activate all of us. We're going to do email campaigns. We're going to do flyer campaigns. We're going to do snail mail campaigns. We're going to do rallies once it's safe. Peaceful rallies, always. But we're going to do rallies. And we're going to get out the vote. And we're going to knock people out of office who don't belong in office. And we're going to support people who are for the people. And when you're not, we're going to get you out. You know, change comes from us. But in law enforcement, and I want to let the chiefs know this, change comes from you and as you all know me i'm not gonna sit back and just watch things happen without having a voice like i do so make sure you join up for larry lawton's action crew and make sure you pass the word just pass the word about this channel you heard from my chief and i want to thank him here at the end here i want to thank chief moya and his assistant chief uh for opening a door and I was not rushed. We talked afterwards. I felt 
truly that this man cares about the community and he wants change. Uh, we'll disagree and, and we'll still argue or, or, or debate. I, I won't even call it argue. I never had a yell. We never had a yelling match, if you want to call it that. But I debated how he spend his money and stuff because I do look at stuff like that. And that's what we're going to do to most departments. We're going to look where they're putting their money because it's important. And I'm not, listen, I don't nitpick on anything, but I want the people to be first. And the last question, and listen to this on the chief. It's important that our community here in this city understands the driving principles behind the police department. And there are three, and they are ideally working in unison. And the three are as follows. And anybody in this organization knows them well. Number one, we expect our police officers and our civilian staff to do their part in fighting crime. That is obviously the, the number one mandate of our function. Uh, that means doing what they can from their pocket of the organization to fight crime, or better yet, to prevent crime. Now, these lead in, this leads into the second principle, which is community engagement, or also known as community policing that we talked about at length. We cannot fight or prevent crime without community policing, without community engagement, without dialogue, because we know now that through that dialogue, we oftentimes are able to intercede before crimes occur. Number two. Number three, and this falls in line with what's going on in this country currently. Number three is equally important to my office and to our organization. That is the principle of our employees taking care of one another. And let me explain what that means. We anticipate and we expect that, the, that any employee in this organization does what he or she can to make the person next to them better than themselves. That brings into play the principle of accountability. That brings into play the principle of having the moral courage, the strength and character to stand before one another and prevent things from going wrong so that we don't put our agency and our city in a predicament that we can't recover from. So uh, the principle of, of uh, employee empowerment has all to do with their development and accountability. And if those three principles work in sync, we will deliver a public safety product that is second to none while having the complete backing of our community. And that's what we look for in this organization. Everybody, thanks for watching. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for the support. Thank you for our YouTube blowing up the way it is. It's not stopping and, and we're gonna do good with it. We're not just gonna have fun with GTA and have fun with my videos and book and everything else. Uh-uh. We're here to make change. We're here to initiate change. We're here to open people's eyes and give people a voice so they can help make change as well. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe, please. Use your First Amendment right. Please protest, but protest peacefully. Let your voice be heard as it should be. Contact your local leaders. Contact your pastors, your your community leaders, your people who have a voice. Contact your chief, and if he won't contact you, contact us. Please, we want to get to the people who matter, and we want change. We all do. Stay safe, everybody. God bless. Have a great day.